Pickaxe and Roll, presented by DraftKings Sportsbook, America's top-rated sportsbook app. I'm your host, Ryan Blackburn at NBA Blackburn on Twitter. It is Wednesday night as I'm recording this uh, with a very special guest. We do this every year. It's been, like I think the first time we were on was Zach Mikosh. Second time, I think we were by ourselves, uh, unless I've got that mixed up. But we, we have done a Thanksgiving pod together for... Uh, what feels like several times now, and I enjoy doing it because it, it gives me a great time to reconnect with my good friend and uh, lead writer for Denver Stiffs, Gage Bridgeford. Gage, how are you on this Wednesday? I, I am doing great, Ryan. I am glad to be back. And you are correct in the timing. It is uh, our original recording with Zach was two years ago, like two years ago on the Wednesday before or on the Wednesday before Thanksgiving, I believe it was. Because I remember listening to the podcast as I was driving uh, up to a dinner, uh, like a family Thanksgiving dinner the next day. And I was listening to the podcast and listening to myself argue with Zach. So it was a it was a good time. But yeah, that's and then I know we did it last year. Did we we didn't have Zach last year. It was just you and me, wasn't it? Yeah, I think so. I think it I think it was just you and me where uh, the first time around we berated Zach for his turkey takes, uh, made sure to to set him straight on that regard. And and I thought that it was the right call uh, just it, because it, it remains the right call. It will always be the right call, but we will get into turkey talk a little bit later on. But yeah, no, I'm I'm glad to be back for a third year and then hopefully we'll be hopefully it'll be a fourth year next year. I'm hoping so, man. We, we got to keep this keep this going. It's a running trend, and we've got a couple new things that we want to get into for sure. Uh, but I do want to start with some Nuggets talk. We're, we're going to try to keep the Nuggets talk specifically to a minimum, uh, just because this is time for family. This is time for kind of reflection, being thankful, understanding that there, there are things that are bigger than basketball. But we do have to talk about something that came out today. Uh, I was actually awake for it when it dropped at about 5.15, 5.30 this morning. Uh, Gage was about to write on it, and then I posted my own little newser. That was a fun interaction that we had at 6 in the morning. When Gage woke up and I went to sleep, uh, PJ Dozier goes out with a torn ACL, and he sustained that on Tuesday night. And it, it's just heartbreaking, man. This is just one of those things where – uh, Denver has just been beset by these major, massive injuries that have really changed the complexion of their season and, and the past couple of seasons that have just been been just so painstakingly awful. Uh, your reaction this morning when you saw the PJ Dozier news? Yeah, well, first, my my first reaction was, all right, I'm on news because I'm on the East Coast. For those that don't know, I'm on the Eastern time zone, which makes it a lot easier for me to get those morning news stuff. So I was actually, I had been at work for an hour uh, when I saw that I, I got it typed up and I had it posted and scheduled. And then I see Ryan's post go out and I'm like, uh-oh, apparently Ryan is awake considering the fact that he should have been uh, long in bed by that time. So Long in bed, should have been. So I, so I went ahead and I got mine taken down and it just... It sucks to see for on so many levels. For one, I'm a I'm a big PJ Dozier fan. I have been since I started covering the Nuggets a few years ago, and I just I love watching the kid play. And when he puts those flashes of potential together, where you really see like what he can do and bring to this team, and then it just and he never quite put it all together. And then this year he had started a little slow, but then again, so did basically everybody on the team, other than Jokic, Barton, and Aaron Gordon. And then it just and it's over. All and it just it doesn't take much. It's a freak injury where if his foot lands probably a good probably two to three inches more to the left, probably doesn't happen that way. But his foot foot lands, it sticks. The way that his weight just comes down, just 
and we all knew it. I know it was in our Slack chat where immediately, I believe as uh, Asher mentioned, that's exactly that it was a torn ACL. And I, in my head, I'm like, you know, I don't want it to be that, but that's probably what it is because just the way the force happened, that was just, there was no other way around it. And you're right. The last few seasons have been derailed by injuries. Jamal Murray last year, followed by every other guard on the roster that had us that resulted in Denver playing Austin Rivers and Shaq Harris in significant minutes in the second round of the playoffs. You have Michael Porter Jr. dealing with had the back injury that took him out his entire rookie season. And then he was then he was there and he's been healthy and he's been getting better. And then he kind of dealt with an injury this offseason a little bit and then came into the season kind of lingering, but playing through it. And then now he might be done for the year. Obviously, as we're recording this Wednesday night, there's been no update other than the nerve injury that might be potentially season ending. Right. We're not going to, we're not going to get into that until we have more news on it now, but that's just every time you turn around, it seems like another major injury coming down the pike for Denver. And it's not, and, it, and it's the main thing I want to focus on though, is when I first started writing for the, about the nuggets a few years ago, it was hamstring injuries all the time. And it was soft tissue stuff. These aren't soft tissue injuries anymore. You're what you like, what you said was correct. They're, they're major injuries. It's not like lingering things that just don't go away. It's major things that take guys out. Murray ACL tear, not a hamstring, just ACL tear out. Uh, Michael Porter jr. Possible nerve issue. That's going to take him out for the year. You have PJ Dozier now out for the year. There's just constantly one thing after another. It's like, can we buy a break where somebody just has like, like a tweaked ankle and they're out for two weeks. I don't want anybody to get hurt, but I would rather a tweaked ankle than, a torn ACL that is sure. going to dramatically alter Dosha's career. He's in a, he's a free agent yeah. this off season. And now as I believe as Gordon pointed out earlier today, he very well might just be back in Denver next year because he can't get a long-term deal anywhere else. Uh, my first, my heart goes out to PJ just because for, for that exact reason, it's like he, he started the year slow had shown in prior years, what he could be just the talent that he could be the, the versatile player that he could be, especially when the Nuggets were healthy. I think one of the things that really stands out about PJ's game was that when the Nuggets are healthy and when Jokic, Murray, and Porter are out there, PJ Dozier may be one of the best fits on the team to play with those guys. And he was always going to be a part of the plan for when this team became championship caliber because of his size, because of his versatility, his defensive talent, uh, his skill level with the ball in his hands. He could do a little bit of everything. It didn't really work out this year with the bench, uh, but that was for for a lot of reasons. He's trying to lead that unit, and that's just not going to fly. He He's a role player, and he's figured that out, and he usually really steps up in those situations when he can focus on those little details. And so it's really tough to see a guy like that go down because you've already got the stars going down in Murray and Porter. Uh, you've got Jokic, who's got a sprained wrist. You've got Bones, who now has a rolled ankle. You've got Zeke Naji and Vlako Chanchar, who have been in and out of the lineup. Uh, not even like Vlako hasn't played this year. It's been 18 games. Uh, Zeke's been out. Barton's been out. It looks like he's dealing with something minor. So it has just been a barrage of pain and suffering and torture for this Nuggets team so far this year. And it sucks. It really, really sucks. Now taking a breath. Dozier is a role player. He is one guy. Murray looks like he will be back at some point this year. Michael Porter, we don't know. 
it's it's impossible to jump to conclusions on that. Though I think it's fair in his case to be extremely concerned with a nerve issue in his back, given his injury history. Uh, I want to hear from you, Gage. Have your expectations for this team changed in the wake of the injuries that they've faced? Well, so first of all, I don't want to give away too much, considering this is uh, one of our roundtable questions that for the article that is coming out later today. But, wow. but my expectations have changed. Uh, I'm I'm going. I'm a blatantly honest. I I am a fan of the team, but I am also disconnected enough to be able to acknowledge when things happen. I, I'm not completely like fan bias, fan blinded. If you say that your expectations for this team haven't changed, you're you're just you're lying to yourself. This team is not going to be as good as if they had everybody else. If Porter is indeed, let's let's act like Porter's done for the year just his nerve issue. It's not going to be a long-term thing. It's going to be, they can fix it. And then he'll be, he'll be back for next season, fully healthy, no problem, but he's done for the year. That's a huge piece to the team for so many reasons. For one, his offense, you can't replace him with anybody else in the roster. Unless Jeff Green or Jermichael Green start knocking down shots a lot more consistently than they are now. You're not replacing Porter. His rebounding is a big, is a big aspect of the game that really flies under the radar because Jokic puts up 17 rebounds without breaking a sweat, but Porter, his ability to get those extra tips, his ability to go around the rim and tip and get the tip, the ball out to somebody else because he's just, he's so tall and his spring is so he look, he makes jumping look so effortless at times, but he's done for the year in this, in this hypothetical scenario, Dozier, you're absolutely right. He is a role player, but at the same time, as you pointed out, he fits in so well. If you put him along, and I, that's why I made the case that he should start uh, instead of Monte Morris. This wasn't an indictment of Monte Morris. It was an indictment of Dozier slash the bench, where you said Dozier's trying to lead the bench, and that's not really his game yet. He might get there one day, but that's not really his game right now. Monte Morris can lead that second unit. Dozier, alongside guys like Will Barton and then Porter prior to his injury and Jokic, that's a good lineup for him. He can play the defensive role of guarding the best defense, best offensive guard, and take him while Aaron Gordon gets to guard the best defensive wing, and then you ha- or the best offensive wing, and that's a good lineup right there. There's not a ton. Of, there's you got three decent shooters. You got Dozier who can get hot at times. Gordon can space out the floor, knock down shots. You got cutters around, and then Monte Morris on the second unit now gives you a guy who's a legitimate offensive floor general and can really run that unit for you. That's why I had said Dozier should at least get a chance to start. I didn't expect it to, because I was like, Monte's been the guy he's going to start. I know that, but I like the idea of Dozier being out there. You're right. He's a role player, but his role is a huge one. They don't have another guy like him unless bones can really take a massive step as a rookie. There's just, they don't have another guy because Faku Composo can't, it can't be that guy. He's not, he can't, he's not six, five. He just, he doesn't have the size and the length to do it. He just, he just flat out doesn't. That's not anything more than just basically looking at the basic size aspect of it and the anatomy of it. He can't, he just can't fit that role. Jokic is already banged up. I don't think it's going to be anything long-term. I think we'll be fine. But these guys, when you put all this extra stress on them, especially early in the year, we saw how the team broke down as the year went on last year when just everybody was one injury after another. This is happening. We're in November. The, we, December isn't even here, and we've already lost two, at least one rotation player, possibly a second, and possibly a starter 
And Jamal Murray hasn't even come back yet. So I think that these injuries could definitely could definitely roll on you. And unless another team, unless every other team in the league starts dealing with injuries at the rate that Denver is, I, I don't see Denver as a title contender unless Jamal Murray comes back and is it 100% what he was prior to his injury and somebody on the bench starts hitting threes. I just, there's too many right. other good teams in the league right now for me to say, yep, Denver is a top elite title contender. And that's not an indictment of the guys that are healthy. It's just acknowledging where the team is compared to everybody else. I think one of the ways that they could be a title contender is that Jokic is just so good is that he, he, he has his Dirk Nowitzki year. The team around him plays really well defensively and, and you just string together enough stops while relying on one guy in order to make it work. However, Dozier was a part of that identity. Dozier was one of those important defensive players that when Gordon sits out, when, uh, I mean, how many other great defenders does Denver really have on their roster? Like, it's just, it really was just Gordon and Dozier on the wing that Barton's going to have to step up in that regard on top of what he's already doing offensively. Uh, Jamichael Green's going to have to be even better. Zeke Naji might have to play a lot. Uh, Bones Highland is going to have to be a better defender than he was. Austin Rivers is going to have to step up. Faku Kambaza will have to step up. I will say I've been really impressed with Faku these last few games. I think he's turned it around a little bit. I think he's playing pretty well. Uh, there were some limitations shown in various games, but he's hitting shots now, and, and that's a really big kind of step in the right direction for him. It, it spaces everything out. But, I mean, it, it's a low-ceiling play, and like literally a low-ceiling play. And Bones is going to have to be better than what he showed when he left, and just relying on a rookie that heavily is, is a death sentence, let's be frank. So I think the way that Denver gets back on track, they're probably going to have to make a move. They're probably going to have to trade for a wing. I'm not sure how they do it, who they trade for. I, I posited some names in a previous podcast, like Kyle Anderson, Jeremy Lamb, uh, one of the Atlanta guys. Uh, there's like Doug McDermott. Like what, like, what are we really talking about here if we have to go down that route? But it's tough, man. They're, they're in a really tough spot, and uh, they just do not have a ton of resources to be able to acquire somebody like that uh, given that they've already traded first round picks away, given that like they probably aren't going to want to give up bones and Najee and people like that. So uh, they're, they're in a tough spot. They're in a, a really difficult place, but if you have Jokic and like you said, Murray comes back and plays hundred percent, then maybe you can talk yourself into it. I just, it's, it's going to take more than that for me. And you really need everybody in order to win a title. And it's becoming harder and harder to see that going forward. Yeah, I think that you, I mean, you make a point that the team definitely does have, it has the, when you have a player at the caliber of Jokic, you are obviously always a title contender. But as you also pointed out, if they want to make a move, how do they make one of those moves? You have a roster that is very veteran heavy in Jeff Green, uh, Jamichael Green, I, I mean, with Jeff Green, they made the point 17 times on the broadcast the other night that he's been on a new team like every year for the last seven <laughs> years or whatever it is. Every two minutes, every time he took a shot, it's, he's been on a new team every seven, every year for seven years. Jamichael Green's been around for a while. You're not going to trade away Bones Highland because you just drafted him. You're not going to trade. You don't want to trade away Zeke because he's one of your few young pieces that you have. And when you move on from Jamichael and Jeff 
Zeke's presumably the guy that you want to go to next. P.J. Dozier was your best young, movable asset in terms of, granted, he was on an expiring deal, but he's like, you're young. Hey, we can trade you this young guard. It's a combo guard, can do a little of this, a little of that. You can, we'll give you him and a second-round pick, and you can get a wing, but you can't trade away a guy that's injured. He's not going to – obviously, you, you can't trade him. So right. it, that's, I think that's the big thing here is while they may want to make a move, I don't know what move they're going to be able to make is the problem. Let me run through the rotation real quick because I've got it pulled up here. I posted this graphic on Twitter. So if you're interested, go check out my projected rotation tweet from uh, Wednesday evening. Um, starting at the bottom, the inactive list right now is Jamal Murray, Michael Porter Jr., P.J. Dozier, Bones Highland. Bones will eventually come back. Uh, so will Jamal Murray. Not sure about Michael Porter. Uh, P.J. Dozier, definitely not. Uh, the deep reserves, Peter Cornelly, Bull Bull, Vlaco Chanchar, Marcus Howard. Those guys don't have any trade value. Uh, Bull Bull, they can't trade. They've tried. They've tried to do it, but but they they can't trade him. They, they can't give him away. Uh, and then you go to the starting units. Projected right now, I have Monte Morris, Will Barton, Aaron Gordon, Jeff Green, Nikola Jokic. Can't trade any of those guys. Faku Campazzo, Austin Rivers, Zeke Naji, Jamichael Green off the bench. I'm not sure you could trade anybody. I'm not like, unless you can trade a first round pick on top of one of those guys to get just a better version of that player. Uh, that's, that's what I can see, but it's going to be really difficult for Denver to figure out the right way to navigate this because they do have pretty deep, like they, they've got weaknesses in their guard rotation. They've got weaknesses in their wing rotation and their big man rotation right now. Uh, the end of their bench is not helping them in any way, shape, or form. If I told you Marcus Howard, Vlaco Chanchar, Bull Bull, or Peter Cornelie was the sweetener in a deal, how sweet is that really? Like, it's just it's just not tenable for any team to take those guys on and really expect anything of tangible value. So it's going to be tough, man. I, I am I am curious to see how they handle it. So I'm curious to see how Tim Connolly goes about the trade deadline this year or even sooner because Denver needs the reinforcements now. Uh, but we're going to see. I'm very curious. The only sweetener in that group, and it's a and it's purely monetary, is Bobo from a ticket selling perspective because it's the, because it, it just from the it's like the it's like the taco fall thing. Taco is not necessarily a great player, but he is the guy that every team that he's been on wants him to be on the floor. The fans want him to be on the floor. And I think Bull would have a very similar impact wherever he would land until people saw him play. And then they would only cheer for him in massive blowouts. Right now, Denver, there's a, there was a point in time in the last year that Denver fans legitimately wanted him in the rotation. And then now I believe that everybody's kind of moved into the aspect of like, I know I saw one of your tweets from, I think it was this morning where you were less than thrilled with uh, his, uh, with Bulbul or it, it was either earlier this morning or it was late last night. I can't remember which one yeah, it, was. it was last night. He, he had yeah. the play that he made uh, pulling up and not playing any yeah. defense at all. Yeah. It's just kind of insulting to the rest of the team. Like just, yeah. just how the effort that he was putting out there was pretty sad. So that's where I come from. That is the of the of the four potential sweeteners you mentioned. That is the only possible one, and the only way is if 
some team it like you trade them to like Detroit and it's just a purely ticket selling thing. Granted, they had no problem selling tickets because they had Cade Cunningham, but right. I agree that it's not exactly like they don't have a Detroit Denver doesn't have a war chest of picks or players or prospects or anything else to trade. They just have players that can't be traded for anything other than themselves. Well, they're supposed to have their team. That's that's the thing. They're supposed to have like if you if you if you move the uh deep bench guys into the inactive list and you instead insert Bones Highland, PJ Dozier, Michael Porter, and Jamal Murray into that group, then you're feeling all right. Everybody moves into their proper place and, and you feel like this is a championship contender. But the fact is is that they've just been so decimated. But enough about the negative. Um it's 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 been Really tough over the course of these past few weeks. I hope that we get some positive Michael Porter news. It's uh, Michael Porter news at some point. Uh, excuse me. But if we if we get that, then that that kind of changes everything into a, a much more positive frame. Um, and everybody knows that Denver needs something positive right now. So. Tell you what, let's take a break. When we come back, we are going to just transition right into Thanksgiving talk. Should be fun. Gage and I do this every year. I'm really looking forward to it. We will be right back. Pickaxe and Roll, Ryan Blackburn here. Thank you so much for tuning in. If you can, it would be awesome if you could rate, review, and subscribe to the podcast, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google, wherever you get your podcasts. It would be extremely helpful. Um, All right, Gage, I I want to approach this from a different perspective this year. Uh, We have done the... uh, We've done the sides conversation on Thanksgiving. We've done the build your Thanksgiving meal, but I want to, I want to take it up a notch. I want to kind of work in a couple of different concepts here. Uh, I sent you over a graphic that had 15 different dishes that people have during Thanksgiving. And I also gave you the idea that we're going to spend $15 to spend on your Thanksgiving meal with each of those dishes, getting an assigned number value. And for any Nuggets fan that's confused, that's listening to this podcast, uh, I'll go through the number values in just a bit, but the graphic will be posted on denverstiffs.com and maybe I'll retweet it on on, uh, Twitter. So make sure to go check that out if you're confused. Uh, But I'm going to run through some of these foods here, uh, Gage, and then if you're ready, we are going to draft these and we're going to form our own plates and then people can compare our plates and it should be good. Yeah. So I, I have my plate picked out. And so if you could just not draft any of the things that I want to draft, I would greatly appreciate that. So that way I don't have to make any adjustments on the fly. All right. I, I think we could, uh, we could probably make that happen, man. Let's uh, let's just, let's just skip the entire point of the podcast. That'd be great. Uh, <laughs> just kidding. <laughs> okay. Uh, so I'm going to run through the point values here. Uh, $5. You've got Turkey mashed potatoes and gravy are all $5 items. $4, you got stuffing, mac and cheese, which I put up there uh, for my own purposes, and we've got pie. $3, we've got green bean casserole, sweet, pota- sweet potato casserole, and then pumpkin pie specifically. So the $4 value, 
you get literally any other pie. You can choose any other pie that you want. $3, you have to take the pumpkin pie that's usually on the table. Everybody gets it. I'm not really sure why, uh, but that's just what happens at Thanksgiving. It, it is what it is. $2, you've got ham, an alternative to turkey. You've got rolls, bread rolls, and you've got cranberry sauce, a very large staple for Thanksgiving. And then $1, you've got salad, uh, you've got cornbread, and then you've got potato salad. Two different salad options, a, co- a little bit different than the others, and then cornbread, a little bit different from uh, the bread rolls, which are a dollar more. Uh, so on the podcast front, anybody that is confused, make sure to look at denverstiffs.com to, to check in on those. But for now, uh, Gage, I'm thinking of a number between one and two, and you pick the number, and then if it's correct, then you get the first pick. I'm going to go two. Two is the number. You get the first pick. I'm taking ham for $2. Wow. Okay. Here's the thing. For the, I I am a picky eater. I am very well aware of that. And I don't really care. Turkey is fine, but I'm getting a superior meat and saving $3 out of the gate. I am getting my meat of choice. I don't have to, I don't have to draft Turkey now if I don't want to granted, I can still come back and get it if I, if I do, but I wanted ham. I wanted to guarantee myself one thing that I wanted above all else. So when I got first pick, I'm like, I will take ham and I will just deal with the consequences of my actions of not taking, of not, of not, I should have taken the wraparound if we're being real here. I should have let you go first and then taken two picks in a row, but I didn't, it's fine, but I wanted to get ham and I got it. So I'm happy. Do you want Do you want a snake draft? We, we can snake draft I, or we can do I, normal. I, Let's go snake draft just to like to keep it fair because like I got the first pick so I got my first choice so let's give you two and we'll we'll just we'll do it that way just to keep it fair for everybody. All right, uh, this is this is going to be interesting then because I I had a plan, um, but I think I might be running out of money if I if I go with that plan. Uh, that is very interesting. Okay, so here's what I'm going to do. I I think that gravy is overpriced at five dollars. It is very important. It is a very important binding agent for the rest of the meal. But, but you should spend $3 on it. You shouldn't spend 5 So I'm going to go with mashed potatoes and take that off the board real quick. I think that that's important. And then I am going to go, I'm going to go with stuffing as my second pick. I didn't go with mac and cheese. I know you're, you're, you're very curious about that. I didn't go with mac and cheese. I'm going to go with stuffing. Uh, mashed potatoes, you got to have. Like, it's just it's just so important for kind of the the heartiness of the meal. Uh, you get it creamy, you get it creamy, salty. You get some chives in there, maybe. Uh, there's a lot of things that you could do with mashed potatoes. Maybe even put gravy on top of it. Uh, we'll we'll get to that later. Um, maybe you could do some cheese as well. Uh, but it's very versatile. It's it's kind of a foundational piece. Stuffing. It's just something that you can nosh on nonstop. It's got the, it's got all the goods in it. It's got some vegetables in it. It's got some potato in it, uh, some breading in it. Excuse me, not potato. Um, and it, it just, it, it's very hearty. It's very filling. So even if I don't get turkey, I feel pretty good about mashed potatoes, and I feel pretty good about stuffing. Yeah, mashed potatoes. That's that's the only one I was worried about you taking because. That mashed potatoes is high on my board. It was number two behind ham. And I was and I was like, 
And I knew I had, I had, thought I had an outside shot at mashed potatoes. I was like, you know, he put mac and cheese up there. So he's a big mac and cheese guy. I was like, maybe he goes turkey and mac and cheese off the bat here. He knows I'm not a turkey guy. He knows I already took ham, so you can leave that for later. But anyway, I'm going to take with my second pick here. I got $13. I got a lot of money to play with while you're working you with. You, you have $6. I have a lot of money on my hands. I know. I'm going to go with rolls as my next pick here. Oh, that is killer. Oh, I love, no. I, I'm, a bi- I'm a big roll guy. With oh, there's two, you've already taken stuffing. There's two main bread options left on the table. We got rolls and we got cornbread. And if you've ever had rolls and you've had cornbread, you know that one is massively superior to the other. And so, again, I'm saving money here. I'm getting a superior bread for two dollars. That's my plate. I love my plate already. I can say with confidence, I have eaten just ham and rolls before. I can say that with 100% confidence now. As I said, I have some money laying around. Do I want to go turkey? Nah, I'm going mac and cheese just to make sure you don't get it. Man, I'm not. I'm not as big of a mac and cheese guy as I used to be. I still like mac and cheese. I'll still have some, but I want to take that away from you because I know you like mac and cheese. And now I have mac and cheese. I got rolls. I got ham. I am I am living it up right now. I got a nice cheesy plate, maybe some breadcrumbs sprinkled into the into the mac and cheese, maybe some bacon bits. Who knows? I don't know who was making it, but it's good stuff. We got rolls. I'm probably going to go with the King's Hawaiian rolls because, yeah, we go store bought. But guess what? They're delicious because they got sugar added into them. And then I got a nice juicy ham. And I still got I still have seven dollars to work with, Ryan. I have more money than you. And I've picked one more item. I'm livid. I, I'm just, uh, this is just killer right now. I, I'm very frustrated. Um, so I've got, I've got mashed potatoes and I've got stuffing. You've got ham, you've got mac and cheese, and you've got rolls. Those were all three ones that I had on my board. I wasn't going to touch turkey. Uh, and I should have, I should have known who I was dealing with here. That was, yeah. that was painful. So you should have known. I've told you for two years. And ham is the superior meat. I opened the podcast today telling you ham is the superior meat. When I had first pick, I wasn't screwing around. I was getting my 1.01 of Thanksgiving meats and ham. Okay, so here, here's the real kicker here. Do I go with turkey and then uh, then I have $1 left and I could just use that for a salad and, and not get a dessert? Or do I get some sort of dessert and then maybe get a, another dish of some sort. That's a that's a really good question here. Um, hmm. Do I go with the sweet potato casserole and the pumpkin pie? That's a that's an interesting call. I think that could that could probably work. But no, I'm gonna take turkey. I'm gonna take turkey. I think it's it's probably the fundamental choice. I've got turkey stuffing and mashed potatoes. I won't have any gravy to put it on. I won't have any of that. Don't get me wrong. I'm a little bit concerned, but I do have turkey here. And I've got one thing left over. I've got turkey, mashed potatoes, stuffing. I've got $1. So I've got three options here. I could go with salad. I could go with cornbread, or I could go with potato salad. I think before you pick it, I think Mm -hmm. you have one logical choice here. This and now here's the and this isn't for my plate. This is just me looking at your plate and what you got already. I think you have one logical choice that kind of stands above the rest. 
And I'm interested to see if you take that one item. Uh, I don't care about salad on Thanksgiving. Give me cornbread. You know, that's not, see, here's the thing. I was like salad. I was like, he's already got, I was like, he's already got stuffing. He's got turkey. He's now got sweet potato. He's, I was like, he's got all of this stuff going on, man. He is, I was like, he is bogging himself down. He is not going to be moving. He is going to (laughs) be grandpa asleep on the couch by four. Well, good good news is that if I I would have had the same issue had I taken pie, Uh, but (laughs) I've got, I've got turkey. I've got mashed potatoes. I've got stuffing and I've got cornbread. I think that's a pretty solid plate. I think we're good with that. That's my $15 spent right there, but you've still got $7 that you get to play around with, man. I'm, I'm, I do. I I do. And I, and I like the board that you left me. You took, you know what? You took a lot of the staples. You did, right? I got mac and cheese. I got rolls. I got ham. I like, I like the plate that I built so far and kind of the, the, the things that I got left over here. I could go gravy, but I don't really need the gravy. I'm not a big gravy guy, especially like all I would, what would I do? Just dip my rolls in it? Nah, I'm definitely not taking a salad. Can promise you that. I got $7 to work with here. So Ryan, I, you know what? Real quick, what do you think I'm going to do here? Oh, you're going pie. There's no question in my mind that you're going pie. Which pie? I think you're taking the any other pie. I think you've got the money to spend and you not, you're not a pumpkin pie guy. I think you're, I think you're going with the other option. See, here's the thing. I'm taking both pies. I don't even care. <laughs> I'll take pumpkin and then I'll have any other pie that I want. Why? Because it's it's Thanksgiving. I am allowed to have double dessert if I want. Truthfully, what I would have liked to have had is spice roll or pumpkin roll. I don't everybody calls it something different. That's what I would if I could have just had like at any other dessert category, that would have been the go-to because hmm. my cousin specifically, her punk her pumpkin roll spice roll is fantastic. But Interesting. I don't have that here. I'll take pumpkin pie. I'm not even, I'm not a big pumpkin pie guy, but there's nothing really else on the board that's calling to me. I'm not a salad guy. I never have been. I like potatoes. I don't like potato salad. I don't. I like my potato to be warm and mashed specifically. You took that away from me. That's fine. So I will take double dessert and enjoy myself and really round out my plate of just fantastical goodness juicy ham mac and cheese nice and gooey you get you pull you get your scoop coming up out of the initial pot and you still got the cheese strings oh it's Mm. fantastic a roll with some butter and then you know and then who knows what kind of pie we're gonna have we're gonna have pumpkin there but you know what i'll just i'll just reach my hand out and come back with whatever i want maybe it's apple maybe it's maybe it's like sugar cream i got all (laughs) sorts of options i got the whole world that's the key here, Ryan. You didn't you didn't say I had to take one pie. It's this magical pie that has every flavor I could ever want. It's fantastic. <laughs> All right. Well, hey, that's uh that is that is one way to interpret the game. And I, I'm glad that we have a creative interpretation for sure. So we've both spent our $15. Here's what we came up with, and we're drafting against each other. This isn't what I would actually pick. Uh, but I got turkey, I got mashed potatoes, I got stuffing, I got cornbread. Gage, you got uh, mac and cheese, ham, rolls, and you've got the two pie options. You've got pumpkin pie, and then you've got literally any other pie. I- I'm going to force you to pick one, though. I- I'm going to I'm going to make you pick something if if you had to apple. pick any other apple, apple? pie. Okay, apple okay. pie. I'm I'm not a big dessert guy. I never have been. But <laughs> you got I, both of them. That's hilarious. I I'm, I've just <laughs> like. I, I mean, yeah, I was looking at the board. I'm not going to take cranberry sauce. I already went through my gravy argument. I'm not going to spend money there. Mm-hmm. I had, I'm had. i not going to take either one of the salads. I, I'm 26 years old. I have yet to eat a salad in my life. 
<laughs> I've yet to eat salad. That's nothing against it. people. That's nothing against people that like salad. I just I don't like cold foods. I never have like or like. I like I like I like warm foods. That's why I like my ham. That's why I like my mac and cheese, my rolls. And I already said potato salad. Not a huge fan. Green bean casserole. I think looks weird. I don't get why people like it. I've I have long been an anti casserole person. I think I might have talked about it on the podcast last year. I think casseroles for. I think casserole is for people that don't know how to cook and they just want to throw stuff together and say, Oh, I made it. No, you didn't. All you did was throw stuff in a dish and let it, and let the oven do the work. So are you a lasagna guy? Lasagna is fine. But again, but that, but lasagna is different because lasagna, I don't view as a casserole because there's effort that goes into that. I've seen people make green bean casserole. There, there isn't a ton of effort there. (laughs) Lasagna requires effort. And I've made lasagna before you, it, you got to put in effort to make it. So I'm not a big, so I saw the green bean casserole. I was like, I'm okay with missing out on that. Before we go, Ryan, onto the Mm -hmm. next segment here. You said that this, what you didn't build your plate, how you wanted with $15, build your plate. All right. You can, everything's on the board. Okay. So I, I I need a, I want to center it around Mac and cheese. I think I'm going to go with Mac and cheese and the stuffing. I think that you get two of those side dishes that are, that are your, your pivot points. That's eight dollars off the board for me. I'm taking ham as the as the primary. Uh, that's that's ten dollars off the board, and I could either go with gravy and, and just just drench my my ham and my stuffing in gravy and and just enjoy that to the maximum, or I could go with a pie and then we'll go with cornbread after that. I think that that's what I'll probably do. I like pecan pie. That's my favorite. Uh, then I'll go with cornbread. I think that that's the, that's the right call. You've got ham, stuffing, mac and cheese, pecan pie, and cornbread. I'm glad you I'm glad you got kind of what you wanted there because yeah, like here's the thing. My plate, I wouldn't mind my plate. I had a great plate. I will have pretty much everything other than the double desserts. I will probably have everything on my plate tomorrow. I was I was sad about missing out on mashed potatoes, but other than that, I was okay. I was like, yeah, you're just picking stuff I don't want, man. I'm good. I, and for people and for people listening, I don't care if I lose the fan boat. I don't. I I made a plate that I would want, and I admitted at the very beginning I'm a picky eater. I made a plate that I would want, and it's stuff that I'm going to enjoy, and that's why I don't ask you to eat off of my plate because it's like, hey, it's my food. I'm okay with it. If you don't like it, that's cool, man. Get your own plate. I love it. Let's take a break. When we come back, we are going to get into what we are thankful for, Nuggets Nation. We will be right back. back pickaxe and roll final segment here thank you so much everybody for tuning in okay uh we just went through our thanksgiving meals enjoyed that process let us know in the comments let us know in the in on twitter what your thanksgiving meal would be i'll I'll try to post this graphic if i can okay i asked nuggets fans uh prior to the podcast i asked what nuggets fans were thankful for and you could have taken it any way you wanted. I, I know that it's been a really tough time, but it's important to focus on family during this time. It's important to focus on reflection uh, and, and just, just really understand during the holiday season that uh, life may be difficult, but there are things that there are reasons why we do it. There's reasons why we go through the pain because there's there's happiness at the end. So, or at least that's that's what we're shooting for. 
Uh, so I wanted to read off some of the Twitter comments that that we had here, uh, just to, just to give people credit and just to speak with Gage here about uh, what what's going on with Nuggets Nation and, and why people do what they do and why they celebrate this team. So Omar at the top here, he says he's thankful we got a good crew of people covering the team. Thankful I don't have to delude myself into thinking we'll acquire Russ or Rodgers to compete. Not sure who Rod, like, I guess is Aaron Rodgers. Is that that who we're talking about here? That's my guess. Uh, As a guy that covers the Green Bay Packers and has been a Packer fan for checks notes, 26 years. Mm. Yeah. Hey, how's his, uh, how's his toe? It's fractured. It happens. It broke his toe, man. It's not COVID toe. COVID toe's fake. He's he has made his toe his profile picture on Twitter. And, got, and apparently on and uh, yeah, you want even weirder on apparently there's a thing called Wiki Feet, which is apparently celebrity oh. feet. He has a four he has a four star rating for his feet. Mm. So yeah, that is a thing that I learned existed today. Uh, I did yeah. not, I did not know. I'm sure that there are people listening that did know. That's fine. I did not. I did not need to know. But yeah, that's the thing that happened. But no, so uh, to the guy that you don't have Rogers, I'm sorry. Uh, I I can admit it is it's a pretty great time to have one of the most talented throwers of a football to ever walk the earth play for your team. It's a pretty good time. <laughs> yeah, Broncos fans would definitely trade uh, everything in their mother for Aaron Rodgers as long as he stops talking about COVID conspiracy theories and ivermectin. That would be great. Um, <sighs> all right. Uh, Patrick, he responds and says, science occasionally defeating anti-intellectualism. Also my dog, uh, Patrick, you're a real one. I, I appreciate you. You've been, you've been a big Denver stiffs reader and fan of ours and, and supporter of ours for a long time. And, uh, you're definitely a real one. So thank you. Uh, Lonnie says, I'm thankful to be in the best era in nuggets history. NBA wise, uh, even though there have been some speed bumps. And I think that's true. I think that's a good way to think about it, Gage, that even though we've been through some pretty tough bumps here, this team still has Nikola Jokic, Jamal Murray, Michael Porter Jr. on their roster and, and Aaron Gordon, too, who's really showed up uh, for the next several years. That's that's what they signed up for. And that's what I, I hope that we get to experience fully. I, I'm, I'm at least hopeful there. What, what do you think? Yeah, this this team makes me happy to be a fan and an observer and just get to be around it at the right time. I stepped away from being a basketball fan for seven, eight years, like right after the malice at the palace happened, I stopped. I, I kind of faded away from being a fan. And then I came back LeBron during LeBron's first run in my, his first year in Miami. I came back right around that time because I had bronchitis and a sinus infection right when the NBA playoffs was starting. And that was the only thing on TV all day long was just NBA playoff coverage and then the, and the playoffs. So I started watching basketball again and I've been watching ever since. And, but I did, I'd never really had an allegiance to a team. And then as I've, I've watched the nuggets over the last few years, I was talking to someone the other day at work. They were like, Oh, I can't, I don't really watch basketball anymore. I, the only basketball I watch is nuggets basketball. And I get to watch a team with, Aaron Gordon, who when he's when Aaron Gordon is getting to play open and free and get to run and transition and get to cut and play off of Jokic, that's that's just so fun to watch. And watching him play last year with Porter, Barton, Jokic, and Murray when that when that fivesome was healthy for the five minutes that they were healthy together, that that was, I was just like, this is what this team can be. And we just haven't gotten to see it again since. But 
at the same time, I'm like, they're all, they're locked up. Jokic isn't going anywhere. I don't think that there is a realm where Jokic doesn't re-sign with Denver for the, the maximum dollars. I see Connolly walking up to him saying, here's the blank check. You fill it in and just send it back to us because we'll, we're paying whatever you want. And I love that I had that we have a superstar in Jokic who is easy to root for. He's not, a, he's, I'm not going to, and I'm not going to dog on any other NBA superstars or any other team because that's not what I want to do. But I, I was talking to someone today about Giannis and Giannis is just a, he's a giant kid. Like he's six eleven. He just won. He just won an NBA championship while putting up just absurd numbers and doing absurd things night after night. And he had a kid and he just, he's just having fun. And he doesn't ever, anytime he ever has a chance to knock on other superstars, he doesn't do it. And Jokic is the same way. Jokic is walking around doing these weird dances. And I, it's one of my favorite gifts of him, him is walking him, walking into the tunnel, doing the dab back and forth. He's just, he's a fun superstar to root for. And this whole team is, and so I, I couldn't agree more with the idea that just this team is a fun one to root for and the players that are here and that it's a, like you said, this is like, as long as this team can get healthy at the same time, they're, they are one of the most dangerous teams in basketball. They just have to be healthy at the right time. We will hope for it. We will absolutely hope for it. Uh, Lonnie, thank you for the comments. Uh, Bill Hanslick's burner says, thankful to live in Colorado. Uh, Gage, you, you can't, uh, you can't claim that. I'm sorry. Uh, Thankful the Nugs have the best player on the planet, Nikola Jokic. Thankful Jamal's rehab is going well. Thankful AG is clicking and Bones represents a bright future. Thankful for how far Coach Malone has brought this team with Tim Connolly's help. Uh, Bill Hanslick's burner, thank you for the comments. It's uh, I, I can definitely see uh, you're, you're in the realm of positivity, and that's, that's, where, we, that's where we should be in, in what has been a really tough time. Uh, Asher Levy, friend of the program. Asher, thank you for uh, for hopping in. He's thankful for his internship with with Denver Stiffs, and he's thankful for Aaron Gordon, Will Barton, and Nicole Jokic. So, uh, what what do you what did you say to Asher about Faku Capazzo uh, when when we're at our meeting? <laughs> All right. Well, uh, last year I was on the podcast with you. I believe it was the podcast that I was up until about two in the morning my time recording that mm. podcast with you. I said some things about Faku Capazzo that. People were less than thrilled to hear. Um, for those that are wondering, go find the podcast. I'm not going to repeat the things. However, my thoughts have not changed, so I don't really care. If you're mad, it's fine. Wish you the best. I said that if you – I said to Asher at our preseason meeting where everybody was in the call, I told him – well, and I told him and um, Peter as well, our uh, other uh, newest addition, I told both of them, if you say anything negative about Faku – the international fans, Argentinians will come for you. They will have some things to say. They're very, they're a very passionate group. They have, I know Ryan, you know, you've dealt with them firsthand multiple times this season and in, oh, yeah. season, in last season as well. Love and, my friends from Argentina. And you know what? I'm not a Faku guy. That's fine. I, if you, and if you are, that's cool. But I told Asher, I'm like, look, if you say anything negative about him, you're going to have to deal with it. And sure enough, in the last a few weeks ago, I remember seeing a message from him pop up and I'm like, I told you this was coming. You, you didn't believe me or you weren't listening. When I mentioned, if you say anything negative about Faku, you're going to hear about it because 
are his fans are very passionate fans and they are at times a little well out there and i'll leave it at that they're strong they they are strong-minded and emotional and that is okay uh asher has definitely learned in his internship process that uh that Nuggets fans are, they come in wide varieties, that is for sure. Uh, Jokic Fever Dream says, I'm thankful the Nuggets have been a team of hard work, character, and joy during the past year and a half. We are down now, but we will be back with this core. Definitely agree. Definitely agree about the hard work, character, and joy piece of this. That's when they're at their best is when they're hustling, when they're doing things the right way. And, and they're playing around their superstar. That's that's it's been missing these past few games, and it, it sucked. But hopefully, he gets back healthy pretty soon. Evan McKee says that we have the reigning MVP, and against all logic and expectations, he's much better this year than last. This year may not be ours, but we're coming for a ring, and Jokic is going to bring it back to Colorado for us. Uh, I'm hopeful, man. I, I really hope so. To echo Gage's sentiments. I, I can't see a scenario where Jokic leaves. Uh, despite the fact that things might get difficult, despite the fact that uh, you might see injuries here or there, he's this era's version of Steph Curry or Tim Duncan or Kobe Bryant or LeBron James or anybody who you want to compare him to, where he's going to be with one, not uh, not LeBron, uh, to, be, to be clear. He's going to be with one team. He's going to uh, be that guy for this franchise uh, for a long time. I am I am hopeful for that. I, I do believe that that's what's going to happen. Gage, if he left the Nuggets, what would you do? Would you still cover the Nuggets or would you follow whichever team he left to? Well, Ryan, would would you continue to pay me to, right, to cover the Nuggets? Of course I would. Okay, well then, yeah, I'd still cover the Nuggets. <laughs> I, I Okay, for those that don't know my writing story about covering the Nuggets, I... I was writing for a site called Hoops Habit back in, which is a part of the fan side of network uh, under, and it was my editor was uh, Duncan Smith and then Gerald Bourget, I believe is how his last name is pronounced. Shout out Duncan and Gerald. Uh, Shout out uh, PHNX, uh, who just, who just debuted this past uh, couple months. I, yeah, I, I can't, but I worked with Duncan and Gerald. Gerald was, had brought me onto Hoops Habit and gave me a lot of great tips. And he's still a guy that I talked to. Uh, on occasion now, especially about Sun stuff. If you guys don't follow Gerald, please go do so. Uh, and also follow Duncan as well. If you don't follow Duncan, I'm stunned because Duncan is just Duncan's everywhere all the He's time. He's excellent, anyway, great guy. Anyway, so I worked so I worked with them, and Gerald uh, needed extra Nuggets coverage for the playoffs. And I was like, yeah, sure, whatever. I mean, I, I I was like, I'm I'm broke, and I'm just trying to write for anybody, and I'll cover the Nuggets and write about them because it's the more the more you wrote, the more views you got, the more you got paid. So I started covering the Nuggets, and I've been writing about them ever since. And Ryan approached me and asked me to come over and write about Denver Stiffs, and so in my mind, I was always like, Why do you write about the Nuggets? Because somebody paid me to do so. They're a fun team to watch. I I love watching the team, and I have become a fan of the team. But I also it was like. I was like, I'm getting paid to write about them. That's why I wrote about the Nuggets in the beginning. That's not the entire reason I write about them now. They're the only NBA team I follow, so I would still continue to write about them and still cover them. But at the same time, I I don't want to write about Jokic being on another team. I, I I do a Film Friday piece every week, 
And I could do a film Friday piece on just a different Jokic topic every single week because he's so he's so damn special and so good and so talented and can do so many different things so well. Like even this year, just his deep like his defense, you could do an entire I could do an entire article on just his defense and never have it end because he's taken the steps he's taken since I started covering the team to now are just so dramatic for he went from being a a turnstile guy that just has to get, take a, do a take foul in the half quarter in transition. Cause he can't get back in time to now he's chasing down and getting chased down blocks. And he's <laughs> shut. And he, he had a play on, he had a play on Kristaps Porzingis in the loss to Dallas the other night that I, I can still see it in my head. Porzingis has the ball up by the, up by the three point line, which a couple of years ago, that's a terrible matchup for Jokic because Porzingis is still is, He's small. He's he's a little quicker than the older Jokic. Jokic now is obviously lighter and he's shifty on his feet. But Porzingis goes to drive by him. Jokic stays with him the whole way. Slides his feet. Doesn't never never leans into him. Doesn't smack at him. Doesn't commit a foul. Stays there. Porzingis goes for the shot fake. Jokic doesn't bite. Just stays there. Stays with him. And then rises up. Gets the block. Forces the pass out. Luca chucks up a shot from the corner and misses. But it's just I I don't want to cover Jokic anywhere else. The only time I want to cover Jokic not on the Nuggets is when he retires as a Nugget. I don't, I don't want to imagine a scenario where that happens. And on a podcast where we're trying to be thankful for things and trying to focus on positives, I would prefer you not bring up the negative idea that Jokic might not play for Denver. If you just wouldn't mind, considering the last time Denver had a superstar that they thought wouldn't leave, Carmelo Anthony decided to say, peace, I'm out. But yeah, I don't want to cover no Jokic anywhere else. He is just, I mean, he's my favorite player. It, it would be impossible for my favorite player to be anybody else. And I'm as big of a Jamal Murray guy as anybody on the planet, to be frank. Uh, but but Jokic, is, he just does things that nobody can explain. And for all, like, it's, it's why it's great content. Because you try, to, you try to write about these things. You try to evaluate these things. You and I have both done it. And, and we've gone back and forth. And it just seems like there's no end to the growth. That's I, I I'm gonna hate it when he he finally turns a certain age, whether it's 30, 32, 34, whatever. And and then we stop talking about him getting better and actually start talking about him getting worse. That's gonna suck. That's gonna be the the worst day. Uh, of my of my NBA coverage in all likelihood is just you, know, you start to see the decline. That would suck. But uh, hopefully we don't have to talk about that for a long time. Let's talk about a few of these here, a few more of these. Uh, Jackson Moreno says that we still have two of the most entertaining and lovable superstars in Murray and Jokic. Uh, quick 30 seconds on Murray. Has, has your opinion on him changed drastically since you first started covering the team? Yeah, it has. It's gotten better. I didn't know a ton about Murray. Uh, all I knew was he was a guy that went to Kentucky and got drafted highly and he could score. That's, that's all I knew about him at the time. I still don't know a ton just from the standpoint of, like you said, I'm not in Denver. I don't, I've never been to a Nuggets game in like in Denver or anywhere else for that matter. And I've, so I've never gotten the chance to interview him, but I've read what people have said about him specifically uh, like you and Jenna and, people that have been around the team in a very close capacity. And so, yeah, I've gotten to learn a lot more about Murray. He's outside, outside of the boneheaded decision with uh, his Instagram. Mm. 
I've outside of that, I have seen a guy that has grown. Uh, he's a guy that I've, I've openly knocked before you. I know you last year specifically, I believe it was last year reached out to me after I had kind of dogged on him uh, for some defense and you reached out and I was like, this is what I'm seeing on the floor. And I've seen a guy that has progressed and prior to his injury, he's progressed and he's become a leader on both ends of the floor. His defense has improved and outside of him, outside of him being injured, there's, I've seen nothing but progress from a guy that when I first started covering this team was just a guy that could score and not much else. He does a lot, a little bit of everything now, a lot of bit of everything. And, and that's one of the things that's really stood out with this team is that they, you have to find more creative solutions when, when he's not out there, because at, at various points last year and throughout his career, you could just give him the ball or you could just tell him to make a play and he'd do it. And that's just kind of the, the tangible impact that he has uh, that that sort of supersedes everything else that you could really talk about from a rotation perspective or from a schematic perspective of this team. If you have a guy who could just make a play, it, it makes things so much easier. Denver had two guys, Jokic and Murray there. They are entertaining and lovable superstars. That is, that is very, very true. Uh, Becca says, thank you for thankful for the incredibly joyful moments might make the painful ones hurt more, but I still hold a lot of hope for the future and love watching this team. Uh, thank you for the comment, Becca. Uh, Austin says, Coach Michael Malone, too many fans take him for granted. I hope he has a Popovich-type run with the Nuggets. I hope so too, frankly. I think he's he's won me over. There were certain things that, he, that bothered me with him, and, and there are still some things that I'll call him on uh, not not like directly to his face or anything like that, but I do ask him questions about that. But uh, just like certain rotation decisions, playing certain guys, the the method in which Denver tries to win various games, but overall, the like the trajectory with Michael Malone is up. It has been up for so long, and unfortunately, now we're seeing Denver kind of stagnate a little bit due to injuries. I hope that that doesn't mean that Michael Malone gets on the hot seat because I think that this team can win a championship with him as the head coach and also because of him as the head coach, because of what he he does to help motivate every single player and get them going the same direction. So that is my hope for sure. Um, Let's do two more here. Uh, Shadi says, uh, which... Great, great name. Thank you for that, by the way. Uh, family, friends, and that you're ahead on your college degree. Uh, good for you, man. Really, really glad to hear that. As somebody who got behind on his college degree, stay ahead of it. That is that is a, a very good thing. Um, and wrapping up here with Alec Gwynn, uh, head of Nuggets Reddit, basically. Uh, I'm thankful for this team, organization, media, and fan base full of great people. It would be harder to root for everyone otherwise. Alec, I appreciate you. You're always, you're always supporting, you're always sharing, you're always doing everything you can to make Nuggets Reddit and Nuggets Twitter a great place. Uh, Gage, what, what have you learned about kind of this, this, this world of Nuggets nation uh, outside of the, the Argentina aspect of things, but uh, from, from a, an entirely worldview Nuggets perspective, uh, jumping into it during kind of the, the prime years of what this, this team's rebuild was, uh, what, what have you seen from this group? I've seen a team and an organization that there are some disconnects on certain areas of it. Um, 
I'm not going to go and say too many things about uh, Stan Kroenke right now, just not because uh, I'm trying to focus on positive things and I'm not going to focus on altitude, which is a uh, whole altitude and Comcast and everything else. But the people that are loyal to this team are fiercely loyal. There's like, we talked about the Argentinian people with Fafu, but they, they have something that they're passionate about and they root for and they defend it to, to a fault. But at the end of the day, they are, they're riding with that. They're riding with their player. And Denver is the same way because while the nuggets, like while Denver isn't the biggest NBA market, it, the, t- and well, the, the team, it treats it like the team is like a small market. The fans treat are act like a small market. I'm a fan of the Brewers in baseball and Milwaukee is consistently a team that doesn't spend a ton of money. They consistently have other bigger teams with more money, poach players away. And Denver fans, when a player wants to stick around and wants to stay there, they hold on to that. And that's like, that's why Gary Harris, obviously who's now in Orlando. That's why Gary Harris was such a fan favorite. He was here in the beginning and he was there for, and he stayed around for a long, long time. And I think that if he hadn't been traded, I don't think he would have been leaving because I think he enjoyed being in the city and the team. And even when Gary would have an off night, teams, people were, for the most part, nobody was really clamoring to trade him because they like, they love seeing the guy. I remember writing an article where I suggested that Gary Harris was a tradable player. And people came at me saying that it doesn't matter what he does on the court. It's the, it's the heart, it's the grit, it's what he represents and that whole thing. And that's how, I mean, that's how the fans are for this team. You have the, you have two really big, you have big generational differences. You have newer, younger Nuggets fans that are, have become fans with like, like myself with the, the Jokic Murray Porter run. And then you have people that were around when Alex English was with the team. As well as like oh well as well as like the mellow fans, but for the most part, like you have these younger, newer fans, and then you have older fans. And while they may love the team for different reasons, they just they flat out love the team, and that's and that doesn't change on an, on an, every single night. You sit there and you look at the crowd, and the crowd can be a giant mishmash of old and young and and whatever. And but guess what? They're all going to cheer the exact same way and all be just as happy to see the team win. They're not going to say, oh well, this is. I don't see the older people going, oh, well, this isn't the way they used to play back in my day. No, I don't see that. I just see people happy to see, happy to see the game and happy to have a team that they enjoy. That's why having a superstar like Jokic, who is, for lack of a better term, lovable, like it's not, it's not a superstar that you got to feel awkward about rooting for. It's nothing against Kevin Durant. Like Kevin Durant is a is an interesting character. He's always kind of been do his own thing style of guy. And there are people that think he's like stuck up or whatever. And then there's people that love him. But Jokic is just who says a bad thing about him. Like he jokes around with LeBron at the all-star game. He sits there and he's friends with Boban. I like, I wish that him and Boban would do commercials together. I really do. I love the Boban and Tobias Harris commercials, but Jokic (laughs) and Boban commercials would be awesome. Just having a lovable superstar to bring everybody together because Jokic has kind of that old school feel to him while having the flashiness of a new school that really kind of brings everyone together. And even if like this, even if the 90 year old dude and the 20 year old dude are in the crowd together and have nothing else in common, they can both be like, Hey, that guy over there, number 15, he does some cool stuff. And so I, I like the fact that I get to root for a team and get to write and cover a team that isn't a problem. And it doesn't give me a headache to write about them. There's something to that, that this, the growth of this group has just been 
steadily upward. Uh, they've, they've gone about it, I think, in a healthy way. They've celebrated their own successes. They've strived for better. Uh, they've kept around the same people and just gotten better as a group. And you make some exchanges here or there. You had to sacrifice Gary Harris in order to go get an Aaron Gordon. You had to uh, go get Bones Highland and, and Zeke Naji and guys like that. And, and there, there were players that didn't work out like Malik Beasley and Wancherhan and Gomez and play, players of that nature. Uh, but more than anything, this group has just found a real connection with the city, I think, where it's been tough not seeing it's it's been tough not seeing the group. Uh, Jamal Murray, Nicole Jokic, Will Barton, Michael Porter, Aaron Gordon, every the, these guys are very easy to root for. Michael Porter's a different story, but uh, most all most of everybody that they've brought in is good people, uh, good, honest people, and they just want to compete. They just want to do well. And they're gonna they're gonna fight for it, and that's something that I think Denver has really identified with this team. It's not blue collar, uh, but there is some blue collar aspects to it where you, you enjoy it, but you're always putting on your hard hat and going to work every single day, and and the results will come as as long as you continue to do it. And and so I think a lot of people identify with that. They identify with the struggle. Nug life is real as we have documented for sure. Uh, But it is, it is something that the fan base has embraced that it's a part of the identity and everybody's better for it that they can see the other side too. Um, Gage, you've been spectacular, man. I, I appreciate having you on. Uh, this is a, a great podcast that we do every single year, and I'd love to do it again next year, man, just like we said at the beginning. Even if I'm not writing for Denver Stiffs next year, I would be more than happy to come on. And the only reason I wouldn't be writing for Denver Stiffs is because you got rid of me. It wouldn't be because I left. I, <laughs> I Of these sites that I write for, Denver Stiffs is the one that I liked. And I enjoy writing for the most. It's the one I've been at the second longest just behind Rotoballer, but I enjoy writing about the Nuggets. I enjoy getting that. I get to I get to cover a team that I enjoy watching, and I get to write about stuff that I enjoy on a, on a weekly basis. I told you that I'm going on vacation next week, and I told you that I'm not writing anything else next week other than my Film Friday thing. That's the thing that I that takes takes some effort to do, and I still I'm going to write about it on vacation because that's a piece that I enjoy writing, and I'm I'm just glad to be here, and I'm glad to get to do this again with you because. I, I like to talk Thanksgiving food and I like, even as a picky eater, I like to talk and critique and get to get to interact and catch up with you. And it's unfortunate that we don't have Zach Mikosh here with us um, to really just let him know that Turkey is a subpar food. It is overrated. The only reason that people eat it on Thanksgiving is because tradition. And in reality, if you are a household that has any bit of progression in your body, you would be like, man, Turkey is overrated. And it requires way too much damn effort for subpar food. I would rather just just as much go to the local butcher, pick out five prime cuts of filet meat, bring them home and cook some steak and call it a day. I don't, I don't, I, turkey's overrated. I've always thought that. I will always think that no one will ever change that. You could have Gordon Ramsay himself make me a turkey. And I'm going to tell you it is still not that good. I would love to hear that conversation between you and Gordon Ramsay. That would be great. I'd love to hear that conversation too. It'd be fantastic. 
<laughs> he is Gage Bridgeford at G Bridgeford NFL. Make sure to go follow his work uh, over at Roto Ball if you're interested in the fantasy football scene, but also Film Fridays, also at denverstiffs.com, where he continues to put in excellent work. Gage, I'm never firing you. Let's be honest. It's just not going to happen. Let's go. Uh, <laughs> thank you so much, everybody. That is going to do for this episode of Pickaxe and Roll. Presented by DraftKings Sportsbook. Make sure to check them out. Use promo code MHS if you do. Thank you so much, everybody. Happy Thanksgiving. Enjoy it. Uh, just just spend time with the fam. And, uh, and let me know that you did. We'd really appreciate that. Thank you so much, everybody. Talk to you guys very soon.